Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. If you want to go to James chapter 1, and we're going to uh, get into obedience this morning, uh, but I'm going to just review and read something while you're turning there. Um, concerning last week, I kind of finished this up because I didn't manage my time very well. Uh, quickly. So I want to read it again. And I actually got this from uh, Bob Yandian's book uh, on Proverbs, which is a good book if you're looking for, for something like that. But uh, wisdom, we've, we talked about faith first, and then we talked about wisdom and how they go together. And specifically wisdom, we looked at wisdom from Proverbs chapter 8. Um, And Jesus Christ is the person of wisdom described in Proverbs chapter 8. He is the one described in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Again, all of this is available on last week's message, so uh, you don't have to write it down. If you want to go back and get the notes, you can, or listen and take notes that way. But wisdom concerning the situations we are facing is not found in studying natural things first. Okay, We have to understand this. You, you, you don't want to go to the natural first. Um, we talked about this last week, but uh, believers should work from eternity backwards. Okay? You should work from eternity backwards. You should teach your kids to think this way. Okay? You should teach your grandkids to think this way. You think from eternity backwards. In other words, you, this, that's a statement that was made in our men's book, but... But what it is is that you're, the perspective of the eternal is my first priority above everything natural, all right? So uh, I'll give you a for instance. Right now, we're, uh, our pastoral staff is going through uh, a, a teaching called RW360, which is Relational Wisdom 360, um, because I found out that all of us have, including myself, no matter how well we were raised, we have defects in our soul, <laughs> And so, uh, I mean, you could be raised great, or you could be, you know, you know a lot of times we, we think, well, um, you know, of course I have defects. If you knew how messed up my family was, but really we're all messed up. Now, what I mean by this, I'm not talking about in the spirit. In the spirit, you're perfectly ordered if you have Christ in you. It's your soul or my soul that has to be renewed to the knowledge of who I am in Christ. And then that knowledge has to govern what I think what I say, and what I do. And if I do that, to tie it all into the anointing series, and speak and act in accordance with, the, with that anointing that's within me, that anointing will manifest in my life and change my circumstances. So in the relational wisdom, uh, what basically what, what they're teaching is, is that you are, a, you are self-aware, you are others-aware, and you're God-aware. All right, so you work from wisdom to the natural. Well, how many have ever heard of um, the the uh, the the uh, teaching or the scientific whatever on um, what is it called uh, emotional intelligence? Have you ever heard of that? <clears throat> There's one problem with the the study and the and they've actually found these problems with it on emotional intelligence without God first. They found that people will use that knowledge to manipulate others. 
Now they understand there is some great knowledge there concerning how the body functions, but if it comes through an evolutionist and an atheist, if God is not the author of the creation, then how are you going to understand the creation without God first? If you don't understand that in each and every person, you know, people say, I just don't know how the, the Palestinians and the Israelis could hate each other. I do. You know, we make statements like this sometimes. I, I've done it. We've all done it uh, to a degree, but we shouldn't because if we know the Bible, we understand it. Well, how bad is it going to get? <laughs> just hang on. Now, for others, I'm saying, for us, we're walking in the presence of God. Now, our good is not based on our circumstances. It's based on who lives in us. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you know, the whole world's going to hell. Well, I'm not. <laughs> and neither is my family and neither is our church. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, when you know the Bible, you can rest. Well, the economy's going to go under. So? God's not. Come on, remember. <laughs> we need to review this. At the gas pump, you need to be saying glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I have more than enough because you're my provider. Oh, I'm preaching good now. All right. Because it's his word, amen? But we need to work from wisdom back from eternity backwards. So in my marriage, in my relationship with my family, in my understanding of who God is, he is first, right? And I'm headed towards him. So how will I organize my life knowing I'm going to reach the, the judgment seat of Christ here so, soon? You say, soon? What do you mean? Everything we do down here is very short. In fact, James said it this way. He said, he said it is, it's basically a breath out of your, it's a, it's a vapor. I like the message on that. The message, uh, paraphrase, it says that it's like your, your, your life is like cold, when you breathe in cold weather. You breathe out. And you, you know how you do that? You see your breath. And then it what? Gone. Now, what does he mean by that? Your physical life is that way. So if you, woke, you and I woke up every morning with that understanding, not in fear, we don't have to fear because we know we're eternal and we know where we're going, right? We know where we're, we're not afraid to die. No, okay. We've been delivered from the fear of death and bondage, right? That's what the scripture says. We already know where we're going. We're going right to be with the Lord. I'm not going to purgatory. Yeah, you got to pay for all the things you did. Jesus paid for all the things I did wrong. I'm not going to purgatory. I'm going right into the presence of God to be there for eternity. And if I go before you, I'll see you soon. See you soon. <laughs> I love it. I believe we're so interconnected biblically that actually... Um, like I was telling Jeremy, uh, Pastor Jeremy Vesper, we were on a, we had a minister's conference last week till Thursday in Idaho. It was awesome. 
And I was there with Pastor Jeremy and, uh, from Breakforth, and <laughs> I said, I believe we'll work together in eternity. Ooh. So if you're connected to who you're connected to, people say, well, I, I, I had to disconnect. I had to go on. And I, there are some extreme times where you do that. Because we know Paul and John Mark and Barnabas had a knockdown drag out. But that's not the purpose. That's not the main, that's not the right way to do it, right? We know also later John Mark was restored, right? But when we die, we don't cease to exist. When our body dies, we live forever. In fact, I'll say it this way you cannot die, your body can. You cannot. It's impossible. The scripture says you've already passed from death unto life. Well, the Baptists have it now, and I'm not sure we do yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> you say, can you learn anything from the Baptists? Absolutely. If you can't learn anything from Billy Graham, you're in trouble. <laughs> Amen? Or any good minister of God. Well, they don't agree on everything. Exactly. We don't agree on everything. So what? We can agree on love. Amen? And we can agree strongly where we agree, and then just where we don't, we say, well, I guess we disagree there. Let's talk some more about how to be born again. That's how you make friends with a Baptist. <laughs> and then go win souls. I'm telling you, it's that way. Amen? <laughs> I'd rather be in agreement than disagreement if I can. Amen. And remain there. And so wisdom is this way. We have to work from eternity backwards. So the first place we go is to the Lord. Then going back to the emotional intelligence thing, if the Lord leads you to look at some of those things, that's fine. But don't take an, an, an atheist or a, a, a person who doesn't believe in God and doesn't have fellowship with God, don't take their understanding of what they learned solely. Take it to God and then work backwards. Because he's going to give you understanding. So in, and I used to be totally against, which was wrong on my part, but totally against any sort of, you know, kind of medical things and stuff like that. I'm like, just believe God, you know, real, real loving and kind, you know, about those things. <clears throat> because, because you learn faith. But the truth is, if you take the information that's given, if God is first, he can then take that information and give you light concerning what he created, and then he'll speak to you and he'll say, this is how you change it. In you, in your child, in your, do you see what I'm saying? The problem is not the problem, we need wisdom. And the wisdom that is spoken of in, in, in uh, Proverbs 8 is Jesus Christ. All natural things were created by God and Jesus was involved in that process. So how much does he know about our natural circumstances? We're talking about this concerning the anointing, too, uh, uh, in the main service. Why? What was Jesus doing? He was cooperating with the Father, releasing the creative power that put us together perfectly in the beginning and fixing what the devil had disrupted. <laughs> Glory. I could, it, I'm seeing things. It's, it's just we're, we're going to go to levels... 
I don't, do you want to go? Because I want to go. I, I just, I don't want to live at my level that I'm at. I want to go ahead and go on to other things. And the anointing can change how you think. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> Is that a scripture? <laughs> First, imaginations. Now, there's a principle about some things concerning our natural man, but you're not identified in the natural. You're identified in the spirit. The mark of your identity is the resurrection. Glory to God. You have the resurrection in you. Your identity is in Christ. Well, I need my circumstances to change. No, you just need to change. I just need to grow up. Well, you always say this, and it'll never end. If the measure is the stature of Christ, when will any of us feel like we've arrived? You know, husband said, oh, I've arrived. I'll ask your wife if you've arrived. <laughs> or vice versa. Or the other way, you understand what I'm saying? I'll ask your kids. My kids know I have not arrived. Do you know, I, I shared this, I think, that I shared a, uh, I think it was a video or something with my kids off of Instagram, and it said, it shows this picture of a guy in his car, and he's, you know, videotaping himself, and he's not saying anything, but there's a phrase over the top of him with some music, and it says, uh, I now realize everything my dad said was, was right. I just don't appreciate the tone he said it in. <clears throat> now, as a believer, I have done that. And do you know that's not okay? Now, was it good that I have trained my kids up in the Lord? That's good. Is it okay to say it in the wrong tone? It is not. It is not okay. And what it actually happens is when I don't function in the fruit of the Spirit, I hinder the anointing. Watch this now. I actually hinder the, the ability of the Word of God to impact those around me. All right. Let me say it again because this is eating my lunch as much as it's eating yours. Aren't you glad you don't have to give examples of yourself, how you screwed up? <laughs> Somebody prophesied to me one time years ago, you're going to be a prophetic spectacle. And I thought, yes. You know, this is great. No, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> but I love the Lord. And I want you to succeed. And I want us to succeed in him with his purposes. So if I... If I express truth in such a way that is not clothed in Christ, I hinder the effectiveness of that truth to remove a yoke and burden, not only in my own life, but then in others. I actually stifle the flow of the anointing. 
and the anointing or the power of God is what we need for the problem to be removed. I figured out something out about spirit-filled people, including myself. We're often good at laying hands on people and seeing miracles, but we often are not great at relationships. <laughs> well, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Or I'm going to pray in tongues. And No, no, no. You just need to walk in love and crucify your flesh. I just need to walk in love and crucify the flesh. Because if I do that, it is just as much a release of the resurrection as if I stand up and rebuke the enemy. Brother Hagin would say things like this to us. He'd get up and he'd say, I've walked in what I call divine healing for the last 60 whatever years, 40 whatever years. I don't remember the numbers. And people, and I'd look at it, and I was just thinking, what is he talking about? Divine healing. Well, the scripture says in the Old Testament that if, we, if they obeyed the commands, that no sickness would come near their dwelling. And then he'd, he'd say, the last headache I had was in, and he'd, what was it? Yeah, 1953 or something like that. And I'm there in 1999. And I'm thinking, I have a headache right now. No, I don't, I, praise God, I don't have headaches, you know what I mean? But you understand what I'm saying? He would say this, and I think to myself, huh? And then he would talk about how under the old covenant, they had all these laws they had to keep, but under the new covenant, the law is love. I thought, my goodness. And then he'd tell where... The last headache tried to come on him. He was very, he was interesting this way. He'd say, I was driving out from my office over here, you know, and he'd make some comment, and I just turned the corner, and this headache tried to come on me. He said, I, I went, he hit himself in the head, and he said, oh, you don't, oh, no, you don't, devil. And then it left, and that was it. Why? Now, people think, well, I take an Advil. Well, that's okay. You can take an Advil, but... You say, what is your point in this? I think a lot of healing issues have to do with a lack of walking in the fruit of the spirit issues. It's less about rebuking the devil and it's more about walking in love because when we walk in love, when we walk in the fruit of the spirit, our body doesn't hype up. So, we, so I have to get past what? It doesn't really matter what's been done to me. And here's the thing, we're watching that relational wisdom thing. It's proven scientifically what your body does in stress situations. It, with lack of forgiveness. I'm talking about medically. They watch the body in stress situations. They, they, they talk about medically. If you, go, if you read after doctors, they'll talk about what unforgiveness will do in the heart to the physical body or bitterness, or stress, or all these things. It causes your body actually to dump certain things into your bloodstream, which then causes problems in your body. Do you know that never existed before Adam and Eve ate? <laughs> Isn't that great? And people say, well, are you saying we could just have glorified bodies? No. The, the last enemy to be put underfoot is what? 
physical death. But you do have authority over the things. You know, people think I have to have a sickness to die. No, you don't. No, you don't. What scripture is that? All right, what scripture is it? Come on, read through your Bible. And if you think you found one, come to me. I'll help you. I mean, I'll help you. I'll really help you. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I know sometimes I joke. I'll help you. I'll help you see where that's not the case. Jesus never took the anointing and went around killing people. (laughs) Glory to God, which means he ain't trying to kill you and me. In fact, you're more loved than when you weren't saved right now. That's what the Bible says. So wisdom and faith have to work together, right, in order to deal with these problems. Who is wisdom? We talk about this in Ephesians chapter 1. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you know that is prayed over you every week corporately in this church? And it is prayed, you're prayed for every single week corporately. Do you know I pray for you every single day? Every day. People are like, in, do, you, do you go through all the names? I, I mean, I could. I can't. I just do what Paul did. Lord, I lift up the church, Faith Family Church, to you right now. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because that's your freedom. Do you know angels encamp round about you, watch this, in all your ways? How many ways do you have? Well, I'm building a house in all your ways. I'm driving truck in all your ways. Well, I'm gone, my wife's at home in all your ways. Wisdom understands this, eternity understands this, that this is all around us. So as we cooperate with the Lord, the enemy is hindered from manifesting in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to face trials, because you are. You're here. But that doesn't mean it's you letting the enemy in. It means you're on the planet. You remember that old country song? It's probably, it's, well, it's probably not that old to me, but it's probably old to others. Welcome to earth... Third rock from the sun. I know who all the people are that listen. <laughs> Welcome to earth, what? Third rock. What, what does that mean? Devil here. I mean, that song doesn't mean that. But, but, but what I'm talking about, why do we have problems here? Because it's not heaven. Well, where's heaven? It's in you. <laughs> so you have an answer. You and I have an answer to the problems. Well, it, you know, I was praying for so-and-so and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. You still have heaven in you. People are responsible for themselves. Amen. So don't get in depression over somebody else's decision. You didn't lose your joy. <laughs> Amen. All right, so wisdom is working. What am I doing? I'm working from eternity backwards. Well, this is a terrible situation we're in. Praise the Lord. We can work from the answer back to the problem. We don't have to sit in the problem and go, what are we going to do? 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 Don't call up all your friends and ask, what are we going to do? 
And don't assign to your friends the prayer responsibility that's yours. Well, glory. Amen? It's my responsibility to pray for me. I love what Keith Moore says. He says, I don't, I don't call up somebody in the church and ask them to do my laundry. <laughs> we can, and even at that, we can touch and agree with you concerning and asking a thing. But we can't hold it for you. Amen. Amen. So neither can your prayer partners. You know, sometimes people call the prayer partner because they don't want to pray for themselves. They don't want to take the time. Do you know that doesn't work? Well, the, the, the ministry said, give our prayer partners a call. We'll pray for you. Yeah, and they will. And they have authority to a degree. And then at some point, God says, nope, your responsibility I know. I know, it's, it's true, though. It's just true. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, you just have to cut out entertainment and things that are unnecessary. And your flesh is going to be mad about it. Just, get, just prepare yourself in advance. It's not going to like the fact that you quit eat, eating Twinkies and cake and <laughs> took that time. <laughs> Amen. But that's wisdom. So James chapter 1, verse 2 through 8 says this, My brother, count it all joy when everything is going right. Is that what it says? <laughs> when you fall into various trials. I have in my Bible written, ha, 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 devil. <laughs> what else are you going to put there? Do you, do you have a better thing for me? What does it mean to count it joy? Like I heard Mark Hankins say one time, one joy, two joy, three joy, four joy. How many problems you got? Five joy, six joy, seven joy. <laughs> you're to count it all joy when you're in trials. Well, that's counter to what I feel. Uh-huh. It's exactly right. But what is he doing? He's saying, look, the problem is not the problem. Stop waiting for your feelings to change. Apply the word. Apply the word. Apply the word. Apply the word. What well, doesn't feel like it? I know, apply it. You're not feeling it, you're faithing it. The word of God, does, it, it imparts faith. It imparts faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. What's well, a bad situation? Apply the word. You're saying I'm supposed to count it joy. No, I'm not saying that. The Bible is. How did I get born again? I heard the word, and I responded to the word. How do I get through trials? Come on, various trials. It's not even specific. <laughs> what are you in? I'm in a various trial. <laughs> I've got various things going on. What are you doing? Counting it joy. Well, how are you going to get the, the finances for this? Count it all joy. Obey the word in giving. You'll have a harvest. <laughs> Amen? All right. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? For some people, it produces frustration. 
But that's because you're not doing what the word says. I'm not doing what the word says, amen? It produces patience. So in the middle of difficult situations, you might as well just say, you might as well give up, devil, because I'm just getting more patient by the second. Well, <clears throat> should have been a stronger amen on that. You might as well give up, devil, because I'm just getting more patient by the second. My patience is just getting stronger by the second. You thought you had me, but you don't understand the level of endurance that I have and I'm developing in. I went to the minister, we went to the minister's meeting that I mentioned last week and we were sitting there and while I'm sitting there, the Holy Spirit starts, somebody's preaching. I don't even remember what they were preaching on exactly. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit inside of me starts telling me every faith victory we've had. He started just going down the line. Boom, 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 boom. First kid, Heidi and I, uh, when we first were going to have children, we, we, she had an a empty womb. So the, the womb formed, but no kid. Got it? Does it make sense to everybody? So she had to go ahead and have surgery. Okay. Second kid, exact same symptoms show up. You know what I did? This verse right here. Exact same symptoms showed up. She started to spot or bleed, and so this whole thing, and then the enemy, and you know I felt complete. You know how you feel like afraid, but you're, it comes on you, it's like shaky, and you're like, oh, what's going on, you know, stuff like that. And so I, I just said, glory to God, hallelujah, and I started rejoicing. You say, what happened? She's a sophomore in college. That's what happened. You say, well, you, well, you know, that first, I'm not going to sit and think about the first one. I'm going to think about how I beat the enemy on the second one. Even through that pregnancy, halfway through, or three quarters of the way through, whatever, the doctor was like, oh, you're not measuring right. Your fluids are low. You say, what did you do? This exact verse. Wisdom. Maybe I'll get to obedience today. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom. Well, that's not wisdom, Sean. That's not what that's talking about. It's exactly what it's talking about. Show me where Jesus said uh, when he was ministering to people where he went natural wisdom. Not that he couldn't lead you in some things that way, but Jesus functioned under the anointing and in, from the wisdom of heaven, he changed the circumstances with those who cooperated with him. You see that? Come on, I know I'm challenging some of you, or I should say the word is, <clears throat> but it's there, it's true. You say, how did you build your first house? We believed God and somebody gave me a half acre. <laughs> They're gonna give me more land, I'll bet you that. <laughs> Woo! Oh, what? I don't know about all that, you know. People get all fritzy over nothing. But I can show you places where in the scripture where it says that God said, I'll give you land. In fact, even under the Old Testament, he said, I'm gonna give you houses and land or land and houses and houses you didn't build. So somebody's building my house right now. They don't even know it. <laughs> you say, what are you gonna do with it? Whatever God tells me to. Because he, he give me more.
If you think in line with heaven, it'll free your mind. Well, you're just a prosperity preacher. No, I'm not. God is. Hmm? There's a scripture in Psalms that says, send now prosperity. It's a, it's a, it's a prayer. I know, see, what happens in this, I can even hear the groaning on the internet. <clears throat> but I've made up my mind. I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to be happy and share the word and let the persecutors persecute. I don't care. The thing about this is, is that what people automatically think, it, they, go, they default to all the thieves they ever knew in preaching. And there's been plenty of crooks in the prosperity message. And I'm not naming anybody right now. So don't even let your mind go there. Don't think I'm thinking this person. I'm not thinking of anybody. But let me say this. Do you still go to doctors? There's there's plenty of crooks in there too, you know. Lawyers? Used car salesmen? (laughs) You know, what do you call a ship that goes down with 400 used car salesmen in it? (laughs) <laughs> a good start, you know. <laughs> I've heard so many jokes, but anyway. But yet, you all are by, you're all driving a car, aren't you? Well, I just won't go to a dealership. The person you bought it from could have been a crook on Facebook. They could have stole it from another state. My point is, is that, I don't even know what my point is. I do. I know what my point is. My point is this, is that we have to function from heaven. We have to function from the written word. Don't just hate the idea of uh, prosperity or God's provision. Go find the scriptures. People say, well, what is it necessary? If we're going to do what God wants us to do, everybody needs to prosper. Amen. Now, I'm telling you right now, and people say, well, I know I want to prosper because, you know, I want to have 14 campers and 17 boats, and, and I don't care how many boats or campers you have. Just make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do because the blessing of the Lord makes Oh, it makes what? And he adds no sorrow to it. Have you ever had stuff, but it was like, I didn't get this the way God wanted me to. And it's just like sorrow. It's just like a burden to you. It's different when God makes you rich. (laughs) My striking a nerve. (laughs) All right, but it's true nonetheless. How many are thankful for God's patience with us? All right, let's finish this. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be destroyed and just absolutely annihilated by the problems that you're in, that you may be what? But there's a lot of people that ministers that preach that, yeah, God gave you that trial, and he's trying to teach you something, and it ends up not perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It ends up with a mom going to heaven before she's supposed to, or a dad, or a, come on, That is not what the word says. The word says that the trial's there. God didn't give it, first of all, and we can prove that if we just kept reading because it says every perfect gift and comes down from the Father of... 
in whom there's no variance. In fact, he said this, when you are tempted, do not say, I am tempted of He said, don't say that. But how many, is that a, how, many, how many times is that a foundational doctrine of denominations? God's killing me, but I'm going to learn something out of it. <laughs> He's just beating the snot out of me. See how strong I am. That is false doctrine. God is not an abuser. In fact, most people have enough natural sense to realize that if a, if a natural father was doing that to a family, they would remove the family from that natural father. But in the spiritual sense, the religious spirit sense, we just go, uh-huh, keep hitting me, God. And it has nothing to do with God. The devil's sitting back going, they think this is God. This is perfect. It's the devil. We actually can yield to something that we're supposed to resist. Glory to God, wisdom from heaven. And where does it come? It just comes from here. Amen? So verse uh, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach. In other words, he's not going to call you stupid for asking for wisdom. That's what that means. He gives to you liberally and he doesn't go, I can't believe Josh doesn't know that. How long has he been saved? Michael, look it up. He's been saved 20 years. Josh, for Pete's sake, you've been saved for 20 years. You know what I mean? Don't be so... No, he doesn't reproach. He gives the wisdom. Amen? So then he, it says this, gives liberty without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, I'm not going to get to obedience, but you can save it for next week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love the Bible. I could, open, I could probably plop this open and just start preaching wherever it landed, and the Lord would help us have something. Amen. He's so good to us. But I'll say this. <clears throat> what is the combination of what you see there? Wisdom. And then it ends with faith. Now, the problem is not the problem. What is the first point I had? The importance of faith. The second point was the importance of wisdom. What is James chapter 1, verse 2 through 8? It's a combination of wisdom and faith. Because at the very end, he says what? Let, let him ask in. Verse 6 says, let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind do you feel like you're going up and down if you do what are you doing you're doubting do you know what doubt in the greek you know what one of the main words we get out of that greek word is double and then the next verse talks about a person who doubts has a you're double-minded. What does that mean? That means I'm not standing on the wisdom of God. I'm standing over here, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over here. I'm going to make it this week. Oh, nope, I'm not making it this week. I'm going to make it this week. Oh, nope, I'm not making this. Well, you shouldn't think that you're going to receive something then. That's what it says, right? It says I shouldn't think. So I have to go, well, Lord, you said I'm healed. 
I am. And then what comes? The enemy will come and try and increase a pain or a feeling, or you'll have, don't rebuke your doctor, by the way, if you go to him and they say you have this. Don't look at him, in the name of Jesus, just leave your doctor alone. Just leave him alone. They don't, they're just reading what's there. They don't see in the spirit, unless they're you know, spirit-filled, but I haven't found one yet in our city. Would somebody please become a doctor and, that's filled with the Holy Ghost? <laughs> so that we can all you know, go to you <laughs> if we need to. Anyway, all right, so moving on. Maybe there are some, I don't know. There probably are. But anyway, I have to, now I have a choice to make. Right? If I side with something other than what God said, I'm now saying, I'm now in a double place. Do you see that? Now, that, I'm just using that as an example on that, with that side, okay? Let's, we can pick anything. Well, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, pain. I walk in love. And then somebody in your family does something you don't like. Maybe I don't walk in love. <laughs> you know, like I heard Jesse Duplantis teach years ago. It was so funny. He had a, a message called The Fit of Carnality. And he said a lot of Christians, one of the illustrations was, he said a lot of Christians walk around as the new man, but they carry their old man in a coffin behind them. And then, you know, oh, glory to God. Love you, brother. Love our church. Love you, pastor. Love you, too. You did something wrong. Hold on a second. I got to go get somebody. And they, they have a resurrection of the dead man. <laughs> you know, it's fist, fists up. <laughs> what is that? That's double-minded, right? I'm yielding to something that I shouldn't. Therefore, I should not expect that the anointing will flow. I didn't lose the anointing. Have you ever seen those irrigation uh, gates? You can screw the, and that, that uh, little gate goes down and it stops the flow of the water to that area. Have you seen that before? That's what we do when we enter the flesh. When we get out of the wisdom of God and into the natural, we just cut off the flow of the anointing to that area. And here's the thing, praying about it can give you understanding on what to do, and next week we'll hit this, but obedience is what opens the gate. I just rebuke the devil, I rebuke, I rebuke my temper. You just need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. Well, I can't control myself. That is the problem right there. You can control yourself. You are in control of you. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.